Holy Ghost. <laughs> uh, it's great. Have a seat, everyone. Thank you very much. Uh, it's great to be here all the way from Australia to be with you. It's good to see a church nice and full of people and hungry and thirsty. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to come to church hungry and thirsty. And we will be filled. We will be filled, which is wonderful. It's really great where Pat uh, took us to worship today. And in the worship, Pat was saying already, she was starting to speak what was coming out of the School of Prophets, you know, asking, asking every day. Uh, and that's where uh, the king, Exercis, said to Nehemiah, what do you want? And he's already, when God comes to you and says, what do you want? Oh, I don't know, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just a Christian, I just come to this church. You've got to know what you want. Bartimaeus said, I want to see, and he saw. And Nehemiah said, I want to rebuild and be it unto you then. So that's where we've got to be really tuned into what God was going to come and ask us and speak to us when the word comes to us. The first word of this conference was, uh, you're either chasing a word or God's chasing you to give you a word. And it's so true. It's so true. So true. That's what God wants to do. Which is exciting. Just a scripture I got before as you were just uh, speaking, Pastor, and we're worshiping. And that is in Acts 18, and it's 9 and 10. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. So God came to him in a vision, spoke to him. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. Don't be afraid. Keep on going. It's boldness and courage is not a gift. It's a command. So it's not a gift that God gives us. He commands us to be bold and courageous. It's a command. For I am with you as you go out of these four walls, and no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. God has many people in Manchester. And as you go out, he has many people he's already aligned up for you to meet. He's many people. Paul, you might run into ones that want to attack you and hurt you and so on. But I'm telling you, there's others there that really want to receive your frequency and their whole life is changed. Lydia was never the same again. There's people that are never the same again because he has them in the city. But it's no good. They're not going to come to church. We've got to go to them. Paul, just stay here and I'll bring them all to you. No, go. Apostolic is going. And so therefore, and we run into people that God has prepared already in advance for us to meet. And so I have many people in Manchester that I want you church to meet and pray for them and speak to them the word. And I'm I'm, I'm telling you, you might think, oh, but I'm not qualified. It's it's just if you can believe the word and take the word from the school of prophets and begin to, uh, you internalize it, form it in you, and then you begin to speak it, it will have a power and effect. Straight away. That's what we do. We go to uh, Dr. Jonathan David and he says, here's the seed. And we internalize it. We work it into our lives. We form it. And then we begin to speak it. And that's really what God wants us to do. Uh, Papa Jonathan says it's a seed conference. It's not a bread conference. We don't come to just eat. And we have our full and say, well, what's next? We go home with all this seed that continues to grow in us and form in us. And it's all aligned, ready for people to meet in your city. That's what Paul, don't keep speaking. Because he must have been thinking, oh boy, I'm speaking, I'm getting a lot of trouble here and difficult here and so on. There is an enemy that tries to shut you up. Shut up. Keep quiet. That's what they said. Shut up, Bartimaeus. Keep quiet. And he shouted even more. Can't shut me up. I know God's close here and I know that things are going to change in my life today. So I'm going to keep speaking. I'm going to keep crying out. We heard the word came from Emma, crying out. You, know, you heard where Nehemiah cried out for seven months and then it all exploded. Pastor Tony, you're in a holding pattern and you're the pilot, you're the one and the church is in a holding pattern and uh, it's time to land. It's time to come out of that holding pattern. In the heavenlies, worshipping, breaking through, so on, but it's time to land on earth. And it's time to really break out on the earth. Your church is at the threshold of a whole new move. It's right at the threshold of it. A new move, no one fits into a new move. You have to fit into God's new move. 
It does, oh yeah, this will be great for me. No, it's actually will be challenging for you. You'll have to change as the move comes. But pastor, I saw God uh, spoke to me and said, you're in a holding pattern. And you've got to wait until the controls, heaven controls, say it's time to land and go. And you're going to go, this church is going to really move. It really begin to move powerfully. Evidence of this move will be increase of leaders, increase of members in the house, an increase of grace in the house. Even this house will be refurbished and changed. This will be part of the move. This house will be not, you know, you have to change it. You change it and modernize it and get it ready for advancement. I believe that's part of the move. You're going to see it. You're going to see new leadership come in. You're going to see new graces break forth in people's lives. Uh, there's going to be more ministry out of the church than in the church. It will be evidence of this move, this move that's going to take place. But you're in charge of it, Pastor Tony, because you're the pilot. You're the one that's got to bring the plane down into, onto the earth, out of the heavenlies, and begin the move of God. So the apostle has to take it onto the ground. He picks it up in the heavenlies and he takes it onto the ground and forms it on the ground. And so it's got to look like heaven here on earth. The move of God. Uh, apostolic center is a place of birthing. You birth new moves of God. You birth it. It may never have been birthed on the earth before or it may be a mystery and hidden. It has been, but then it's got lost and so you rebirth it onto the earth and that's what God wants to do I believe those are the evidences of it this building will change there will be more empowered disciples than ever before uh, the ministry uh, will be more out of the house than in the house you need a pastor of community because it'll all be going on at the outside and so on and it's it's not like we need ministry we learn to rebuild on the inside and then we go out and rebuild on the outside that's what God wants to do in our life. An expanding of the leadership and the functions of the house. There'll be an expanding of administration and managers in the house. Very important gift. Paul names first apostles, prophets, but number six is administrators. As we expand and grow as a church, we need administrators and managers more than ever before because we haven't got time to do it. Leaders are advancing, but the administrators uh, and the managers are giving clear structures, things that work, policies are written out, uh, procedures are followed. So when I'm in my church, I don't go back to the old pastor, Peter Nichols. Hi, how are you? I have this problem. So have you seen your connect group leader? That's part of our system in our church. We've got 30 of them and so on. So, uh, uh, oh, pastor, I just thought, well, you, I could see you. Please go and see the connect group leader of our church. It's a pattern in our church we must have. If I see that person, I rob the person of that grace to minister to that person and I mess up the whole system. And I can because I have the authority to. But it's not what we've set up. Because the management and the structure is set up in a certain way. Have you seen it? So you need to see that. So people don't actually come and ask me that anymore. Because Pastor Peter won't use his gift and just move and minister in my life. He releases that into the shepherd. The shepherd does that. And so on. That's where the, the shepherd needs the first crack at that. And that's the shepherd can come to me and ask. But the people can't. So that's just part of our policy and structure of growth in the church. If not, they'll all line up. With Moses and Jephro, his father-in-law says, you're going to have a breakdown because you won't be able to handle the work of this. You're going to have to change. And so as the plane comes down, Pastor Tony, all the structures will change. The whole way you do things will change. The administration of the house will change and so on. And, you, and so we give it over to administrators and managers a lot in our house now. So we don't get caught up with that. I can manage, but God wants me more into leadership and vision. So there's, these are just some of the aspects I see as the change. You're coming out of a holding pattern. There's a whole new move of God coming. It's just, going, it's just going to come upon the house, which will be very exciting to be in the house. All God's assignments is because of God's grace. If you have a God assignment, you can't do it, only the grace that God gives you to do it. This is going to be very powerful over this church. These assignments of God, the grace of God. You know, Moses cannot deliver three million people, but God can give him the grace to do it. The church is headed into 
days where just ordinary, faceless people are going to do incredible exploits for God because of the grace of God. But you've got to make an avenue for the grace of God to operate in your life. And so on. So you'll be taking steps all the time of going, I can't do this. And God's grace does it. I can't do this, Lord, but God's grace does it. But at least I'm taking the steps because faith releases grace in a person's life. And they begin to move with a whole new grace. Jesse didn't see the grace in his son, David. He, that's why he didn't call him up. But the prophet prophesies. And when you prophesy, you release a grace. There's a grace released in this church all the time. But not a lot of people grab it. Because you get very familiar. There's Pastor Tony. He's always saying this. Oh, it's all about holiness today. And so on. Holiness. I just thought, God, you're a pure God. And I need that holiness in my life. And when I move with you, holiness is going to come. And purity, I'm taking hold of that grace. So part of the grace of purity coming and holiness through, through my life. I can't do that, but God can do it through me. Be a pure, holy vessel. So Jesse didn't have that. Jesse didn't even call up David. But the prophet had to call him up to impart a grace to be king. No one can be a king who's just a shepherd. No one can be. Except through the grace of God. The prophet has to say it. Prophet anoints the person and they become it. Saul didn't see the grace in his life, tried to kill him. Or saw the grace and tried to destroy it, you could say. People, some people don't see the grace in people's lives. In my 28 years as a pastor or whatever, I'm convinced I look for the grace in a person's life. And I build with the grace that God gives them. But I have to be careful because sometimes I see the speck in their eye and I, I more focus on the speck rather than the grace in their life. God says, the speck will come out, Peter. It, it, it will go, but don't go, I'll hold up all the works because the speck's there. Be careful that sometimes we see the speck in a person's eye and, and we pull back. But usually because there's a log in our own eye. We've got to be able to release people into ministry. David's father, Jesse, just couldn't. Because the log in his eye. He couldn't see that his son had it. Okay. Now, there's two swords we spoke about. There's the sword of the Lord and there's the sword of Gideon. The sword of the Lord is God's grace. He can't rebuild the walls in 52 days. He can with God's grace. If you read through Nehemiah, it's just favor, grace, God was with me. That's all he says all the time. When it happens, it happens. God's grace goes with you. But you still need to get groomed. Was he just a cupbearer? No, this man must have been grooming himself. Moses was looking after his father's sheep. Looking after sheep and so on. We've got a sheep farmer in our church. And he says the most frustrating animals on the face of the earth. He said to look after them requires a lot of work. You've got to understand and you've got to make sure the fence is there, make sure this is there and so on. So you learn how to manage people and direct people and so on. Often I'm in a crowd with Karen and you're in the airport and I'm going, bah, bah, because you've got to go down here and then you've got to go down this aisle here and, <laughs> and then you've got to wait at the red line and bah, that sort of thing. So you've got to be like sheep being herded onto planes and so on. So there's, there's a grace. There's a grace. Moses, shepherd. Joseph, shepherd. David, shepherd. Learn to look after people. Learn to exercise your sword. So I thought, I want to change people's lives. And says, God, so start in the church. Start with the young people you have and start to change their life. See, see, begin to build up your sword and develop it. And what grace I've given you, it will start to grow. Because the grace that you have to turn your heart to young people, you watch how big that grows, Peter. Well, I'm just giving a little group of young people in the church and so on. God says, take hold of that little group, David. He took out a bear and a lion. And then he took out Goliath by looking after a little group of sheep. He learned to take out the barren lion and he learned to worship God in a way that was extraordinary. Way beyond his, the technology at the time. Just by looking after sheep. So this is very important. Moses learned to look after sheep. Joseph, same thing. Just there's a common denominator there in the house who are you looking after and whose life is being changed so in the church I look at when people come up and go oh just blah blah really help me and my life's changed and then I hear then that name came up again that name came up again because I know there's a grace happening in that person's life that's changing people 
And so the last connect group leaders, it were people were starting to change around their life, we sent out to look after our disciples out in another area of Australia. So because we saw the grace of God, it was able to change people's lives. So we wanted to put them with our students. So you've got to spot grace. Grace is very, very important as it grows in our life. I didn't know I'd had the grace to be a prophet. I didn't know that existed. But I used to be in church and I used to get ah, in worship and I used to burst with this prophecy and so on. And so I used to feel it then. I think, boy, am I dominating the church? Why, have I, why do I have this every week, Lord God? What is it? And so I had this grace to prophesy. And so I'd come out with the prophecy. No one ever make a comment about it, good, bad, ugly, whatever. And I thought, when I got rid of it, I felt relieved because I spoke it and so on. And I just that's what I went through because I was just in a place where that grace couldn't grow. Then I went to the School of Prophets and the grace started to emerge. The grace of God, you've got you've to use the sword of Gideon to do something. I'll just see, let it just grow here. And God says, no, oh, School of Prophets, my energy, my strength going to that place and so on, suddenly it grows. And then God says, I want to take it another level. Jonathan Dave said, I want the School of Prophets in Melbourne. I want you to plant one. So they're okay. At your word, we'll do that. Do we have the grace for it? Well, we had the, it just continued to grow. So it continues to grow. It's, there's grace. There's grace released. Okay. It's in your life. Every single person here, there's grace to be released. When that plane comes down and hits the ground, the major thing that's going to happen is the assignments of God, which the grace of God's on your life. It will break out everywhere. It will break out. If there's people who are going to go out of this church and the grace of God's going to hit them in a way they've never known before and favor and connections like never before. We just hit you. But if you stay in the four walls, God says, well, you have this grace in the four walls. The shepherd a few sheep. But when you go out, it goes to a greater dimension. Moses, it went to a greater dimension. Joseph, it went to a greater dimension. So these people ended up shepherding sheep of nations. And so that's, I just really want to encourage you with that. What are you doing to develop the grace of God in your life? Study the word to say, show yourself approved. I'm always doing this new course, Caleb discovered, uh, Karen discovered this course that we did. And so we went along and did it. It uh, trains all the missionaries in the Baptist church. We went along to it. And they said, oh, gee, we've never had Pentecostals come to this. We trained in it. It teaches on structure, on growth, on planning, on strategizing, and so on. Caleb, our son, went through the roof with this course. It affected our lives. The people, the course died, and we grabbed it before it hit the ground and died. And we said, we'll have it. Could you give us the notes? And they said, no. And I said, it's okay. We'll still make our no own notes. And now we've got that course in our church. It's a powerful course. But we, we go to places and want to learn. We go to places and want to learn. You know, when there's experts out there, we want to learn from them. And it grows the grace within us. It begins to prepare us and gives us structure for the grace to grow along. Poles and wire to grow along. Today's word is called... God's grace was powerfully at work in them. In Acts 4, 33b, the conclusion was the church is exploding and the conclusion was God's grace was powerfully at work in them. God's grace, God's enabling, God's favor, God's extraordinary abilities was at work in their lives. I want you to be encouraged in that. This is the word I have for you. The church, the grace of this place is going to go berserk. The grace of God is just going to break out in this church. And it's just, it, it's, that's church unusual because it's the grace of God. Church unusual is a church without grace. Church unusual is a church, the grace of God, the favor of God. And God has selected Pastor Tony and I, we're just average people. But it's the grace of God that makes us different. The grace of God makes the whole thing change around. And that we are running on grace. And we need more grace to continue to go. Every step we take, the grace of God will come upon us. We have gained access into grace, it says. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we're born again and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom he has gained access. It was spoken out this morning. We need access into God. Access into us, access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. We have an access to get the power now. We have an access to get the gifts of God now. 
through salvation, we have an access to go to be extraordinary people. Natural, the supernatural. We have an access into that. What's your grace? What's the grace of God operating in your life? That's a question you need to ask God. Lord, what is my grace? What is, you need to know what your grace is and what you offer. Because I'm telling you, I'm a fanatic in staying where the grace of God is in my life. Because when I step out of it, I am extremely average. But when I stay in it, I'm extremely good for God. Because I'm staying in what God's birthed in me and what he's prophesied over me. Your prophecies are pointing the grace. They're a big arrow going, that's the grace in you. Stay with that grace. Oh, I got a prophecy about this once, but I don't know. Oh, goodness me. You can have a prophecy sitting on the shelf and it says all about this children ministry and you never step into children. But then you step into it and suddenly the grace starts to operate. Everyone wants to be famous and powerful before they step. Because it doesn't work that way. The prophecy points the way, but you're going to have to, by faith, access that grace by doing what I said to do. And you begin to access that grace. Definition of grace, charis, Greek word for grace. It means a divine influence on a person's heart, not his head. And it reflects in the person's life. It's a divine, it's a God aspect in your life, in your heart. It's a divine influence on a person's heart. It also means favor or gifts or pleasure. Okay, so this is, it's very important. You know, it says that God has the throne of grace and we are, have access to that. It says boldly come before it. I, I, I go to there all the time. I can't do it. I'm tired, Lord. I, uh, what, what do, give me the grace to minister in the school of prophets here, Lord God. And I'm in the right place because that's where I have the grace in the school of prophets. If I was taking a children's conference, it'd be okay. <laughs> stay in your grace. I stay where God, what God's put in my life. And God says, good, you get it. That's what I want to do. Say if Nehemiah said, also I want to open up coffee shops all around. It wouldn't have worked. That would have failed. He would have lost a lot of money. <laughs> Just rebuild the wall, son. That's your grace. Rebuild the walls. Stay in your grace. Number one, grace given in different ways to different people. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Please, that's the biggest mistake. You can think I'm more special. It's God, not you. <laughs> I can't go, well, yeah. You know, so I, my family met with me and I take funerals in my family saying, they come up to me and they say, obviously you've been highly trained in speaking, Peter. And I go, and I go oh yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't, no, it's just God. Oh, Peter, you took that funeral so well today. You spoke so well and this is so well. They, they forget the stuttering, bumbling, frightened, uh, pathetic brother they used to have. And that's a, they think I've had lessons in uh, speaking and all this type of thing. But it's the grace. So don't fool yourself. Don't think you're special. Think God's special in you. And keep remembering that. You know, I could take this grace and go into the world and use it in my way. To do things. I can. Because a gift is given without repentance. I have seen, I can remember my first pastor was in Pentridge. He was in prison in Australia for six months. He, he was crime and so he came out, got saved and so on. And he came to the church and had a few tats and so on. Had a tooth missing and so on. And he just had an incredible grace on his life for young people. Our youth grew to 100 people. I was right alongside of him and building with him and so on. And he got hurt, offended and left. And, uh, and he went and was the CEO of the Sorbent. Uh, it's like a big tissue company. Impossible. But the grace of God. The grace to build was there and to gather and so on. And then he backslid, but the grace is still there. And he used it. His daughter jumped off a, a tower and killed herself and terrible things happened and so on. But there was a grace still operating his life. It's, grace is given there. It's, you, can, you can use it in the wrong way or the right way when you discover it and find it in your life. Saul had the grace to be the king. 
And he was a shocking king for most of the time. But he had the grace. By God's grace, God put him there. So, so there's sometimes it, it can be quite disturbing. And uh, it says, in accordance with the faith, God has distributed to each one of you here. It's been distributed to you. It's been given out to you. He hasn't missed you. Everyone gets it. It's been distributed carefully to each one. And when you walk in this house, God says, that's great because I need that grace here to grow. And you can switch it on, switch it off. You can go, no faith, no grace, or I'm taking a step here. And a gift will make way for itself. Grace will make way for itself. It will just start to emerge and grow, and the pastor can't help but see it. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. Wouldn't it be a boring church if we were a big eye? Ah, people go, ah! <laughs> what's up? What's wrong? Oh, I've never talked to a big eye before. No, we all have different functions. A body operating together. We, we balk a bit when, oh, that body hasn't got a leg. Oh, that body's lost half their face. We balk at that a bit because it's a bit like, we, you know, let's be a, a body that we're all functioning together, and all, all, all operating together, which is so important. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Please, you've got to get your grace going. It might be I have a love for children in the church. Well, you have a love for children out of the church. And so go and take that gift and grace and so on into, uh, we've, got, uh, we've just opened up an, an outreach into the Pines, which is a really rough area of Frankston. And it's booming. And we're dealing with dysfunctional kids, but they all have this grace to just keep loving kids. The love and, and the kids are just getting affected and changed and so on because the grace that was in the church is now the grace operating outside and the lives are being affected. Now, wouldn't it be silly if we took the people that were on the sound desk and had all the grace to do all the IT and we put them there in the pines and the kids would hate them. And they'd say, look, here's a computer. I don't want a computer. I want a relationship. We'll set, up a, uh, we'll set up a screen for you to watch movies. I want to connect and relate. So when our guys go in there, they love children. The kids know it. And the grace of God. We had one guy in our church that wherever he goes, um, you know, they, they came up to him in one school and they said, that child hasn't talked to anyone and you're here for one day and that broken child talks to you. And so they gave him a job. They made a position for him. He's only a second year student. Justin Mika. They said, we've never seen anyone like you. People just change around you. Grace of God. You know what he used to do? Look after rats. I said to him, I said, why are you doing that, Justin? Oh, they do experiments. on. I said, is that really what you want to do? Oh, I said, he said, I don't know. From a very dysfunctional home. And so then he did our discipling and training and so on. He said, I don't want to look after rats anymore. <laughs> what do you want to do? Children. Have a passion and love for children. Grace. That guy will not stop growing if he stays in his grace. Find your grace. Continue to run in that grace. Continue to take steps so it grows and matures. Uh, grace is given in different ways to different people. One, don't boast about it. It's from God. Verse 4 is everyone has a function in the body and we all have different gifts. We've got to understand that. Function, gifts and so on. And we're going to take communion. And I don't want anyone to get jealous about someone's grace. Oh, Pastor Tony's favouring them. If they've got the grace, let them be favoured. Let them run with it. Rejoice in someone else's grace. It's not a competitive game. And so on. I'm telling you, I've got the grace to do this, so I stay in it. And so on. So I continue to do, 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 do this. And that's the important part about not getting caught up in, uh, oh, you know, Caleb's doing this. I want to do what he wants. Or, you know, I want to do what Dr. Jonathan David does. I follow that and look at it, but I can only operate in the grace that God's given me. Well, it's no point in getting jealous of others or competitive in the body of Christ. Number two, there's seven gifts are given there. This just follows on from Romans 12. There's many gifts given. There's 26 altogether in the Bible, but there's just seven. Which one is your gift? Operating these gifts. Is it prophesying? Prophesying. So I told you before, I used to prophesy in my church and that's all you did in worship and that's it. 
And then I came to the school of prophets and the prophetic went through the roof. And now we have a school of prophets. And then I'm here helping you build the school of prophets. It's my grace. It's my grace. So I've stayed in the grace and it just keeps unfolding. I could go, oh, that's too, oh, we can't do a school of prophets or I can't fly over to Malaysia, cost too much money. And I don't know if that dream was right. You can block your grace or you can step into it. And as you step into it, whoa. And people say to me, where on earth did you get that ability? That's so accurate, those prophecies. I said, my father. He's got the grace over his life and I came and I got the impartation of it. So this is important that we, if it's, if it's leading, lead well. So it just diligently, so I looked after young teens and then they gave me a connect group and then I, I multiplied the connect group into seven connect groups. And so I, I, was, I was able to lead. So there's something about grace. Could I lead those? Yes, I could. And I could gather up others and then I could lead a connect group and then I could multiply the connect group. Leadership was over my life. Stay in it. Some people go, oh, I led for a year. Now I don't want to lead anymore. When God put me as a leader, I haven't stopped leading. It's my grace to lead. It's just it's a natural gifting thing to do. But I was, I'm telling you, I used to be dysfunctional, inferiority, you know, just a drug taker, messed up. So I didn't know what my grace was. A grace to take drugs. A grace to destroy myself. So that's what the enemy gives you, that type of grace of depression and destruction. But I met Jesus Christ and I started to discover the graces in my life. What's your grace? What are you operating in? What are you taking a step in? You, you can draw the line on your grace. I just look after four kids and that's it. I don't know five's too much. God says you could have incredible talent of grace there and you just won't open it up. Don't ask me to do that. I just kept stepping into it. And then I, I planted a church and led the church. It's all I used to do in my last church is I second to everyone, supporting them and helping them. And then God puts me in the church and says, now, now you're in charge of everyone. Now I don't lead the church. I lead a network. It doesn't stop leadership. It keeps growing. But I've had to develop the sort of Gideon. To, okay, I'll do courses on leadership and understand it and study leadership and look at showing myself approved so it can feed that grace gift in my life. So it just grows from that. Number three, God's grace can consume you. It can take over your whole life. You become a prisoner to it. It's so exciting. Tony's locked in. He's a prophetic leader, apostolic. He's locked into it. It's consumed him. He breathes it and thinks it and so on. That's the grace of God in his life. And as that plane comes out of the holding plate, the apostolic's going to shift. The apostolic grace in this house is going to go. After the third school of prophets, I really believe this, resurrection life. The third day, third school, and it's going to open up into the whole of, you know, where Jesus Christ, the whole of the apostolic exploded upon the earth. I believe that's here. I believe that. So someone's got to speak it. And I speak it as a prophet so it can be formed here, here on earth. And that's, it, it imprisons your life. I'm addicted to this. I will stay in God's grace. I'm a prisoner to it. I used to be a prisoner to the devil. And now I'm a prisoner to God. A slave to him. But it's a wonderful God, a loving, beautiful, loving father to be uh, captured by him. I became a servant of his God gospel by the gifts of God's grace you become a servant to it so people say Peter when you speak on this my life changes it's a gift it's a grace do I go oh yes I just you know it's it's just God in me don't boast about it just say great it's God at work in me what is your gift what is your grace when the plane lands when it breaks open here your grace is going to be crucial that you're operating in it. God's grace in your life, a prisoner to it. Number four, to each of us, the grace of God is given to us as Christ apportioned it. He apportions grace in our life. He puts a portion of grace in our life. In our life, As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling, worthy of the grace. Your grace is your calling. If it's children, it's children. If it's worship, it's worship. If it's writing songs, it's writing songs can be outside the church as well. It has to go outside the church. 
So take your worship band outside the church. Establish it here, then take it outside. Jesus' culture is the greatest worship band in the world at present, selling more records than anyone else and because they've taken it outside. They've got the grace to also bring, constantly bring in other bands. You know, Bethel bands, it's, just, it's growing. It's, just, it's enormous. John, Dr. Jonathan David said, Hillsong's going to come to an end and there's going to be a whole new realm. And after that, it was Bill Johnson's Bethel and Jesus' culture just exploded. There's a grace released on the earth for a new worship. What's the common denominator? They don't just praise, they actually worship God. This is a band that will sing in tongues and so on. When interviewed, they said, we worship until God comes. That's their grace because they know if they don't follow that prescription, no power. If they play like Hillsong, they go back into a mold and being uh, technically correct and uh, something that will sell records and the commercial companies will pick us up, they'll lose the grace. So their grace is we continue to worship until the presence of God comes. In all their concerts, the presence of God comes. It starts touching lives and healing lives. This is the whole new realm. At Hillsongs, no one gets healed. But it's a great, you think, Clapham? God said, I'm just going to take it another level. And that's where you've got to be ready because there's another level coming. And if you stay in the old grace, God may have shifted. Shifting into a new technology. Oh, I just do the same old thing every year and so on. It's, you can't. You can't. You've got to shift. You grow more sheep and develop things. And it's important that we do that. But to each of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Jesus Christ apportions everyone with grace here. That is why I say when I, he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. So when Jesus left the earth, he apportioned all these gifts and graces. Prophets, pastors, teachers, all these gifts and graces he released upon the earth, which is important that we need to receive that. You can see the grace at work, everyone. You can see grace when it's working. You can, you can see it and so on. So some people interview me and go, so what did you used to do? How come you got a phys ed teacher? Huh? And you're doing this now. So what did you, I train athletes, huh? and now you're doing this. So they, they inquire, it's God. In you. you can see the work. So when Paul and um, Apollos, uh, sorry, no, it was um, Barnabas, came uh, into Acts 11, they came and checked it out. And Greeks are getting saved, first time ever. God's grace was at working with the Greeks. Something was happening, everyone. Something was, and you see it. And so they came to these guys that were unknown. And this move of God had, had taken place. And immediately Barnabas says, it's the grace of God. The grace of God's at work. And he doesn't interfere with the grace of God. He doesn't say, hey, only Jews. Stop ministering to Greeks. He could have. Could have killed it. Could have killed this move. A grace, when a move comes, it's God's grace. How come all these people are getting saved, Pastor Tony? God's grace. How come you're expanding out the way you are? God's grace. People will come and go, tell us how you do this. Peter Nichols, how do you get disciples from all around Australia? How did you do that? God's grace. It's just God's grace. We don't advertise. We don't do that. But there's people always coming from around Australia to a church to be trained. And now there's adults. People leave their farms and leave houses and sell houses and come and join us and come into our church for a year or two. God's grace. So we have a grace on us to draw people in. So that's very important. So we must keep networking, keep relating and connecting out there. As uh, Scott's in Townsville with Monique, God's grace on us will come upon Townsville. They've already seen the grace on our lives when Caleb and I spoke as a father-son thing at a conference recently and they immediately approached us then. And Some people give up. They approach you and sort of thing and don't follow it through. We're used to that all the time. But they rang us back and they said, no, we're very, very, very keen. And then they sent us an e email. I said, look, I've got two young people up around that way. We'll fly them up. And they said, would you? So we're going to a church, about 100 there. And so what will be the power is Scott and Monique are carrying our generational grace. They're carrying our discipling grace. They're carrying our graces, signs and wonders grace. So they'll release that. And that grace, they'll see the grace on those two young people. Already, I think on Friday night, uh, Scott gave his testimony. 
yeah, and just said, well, this is, this is where I've come from. This is Manchester, da, da, da. This, is, this is what happened in my life, da, 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 and so on. And so they're hearing these things. It's the grace of God people are attracted to. It's not your personality or your good looks or your, the way you dress or whatever or you know, your good techniques. It's grace. It's grace. People are drawn to that. Your assignment is the grace of God on your life. So if you feel you're called into politics, take a step. Not try to go the you know the big one, but take a step and join committees and help and, and learn about it all and so on. And it just and they want you to be the chairman. Grace of God. And then you take another step. And they they start saying to you this. You know what they'll start saying? Why don't you put yourself up for the next elections? Why? Grace of God. People will start saying to you, why don't you do that? Why don't you work with children more? Why don't you do this more? Why don't you write songs? You might write one song and stop. And so they say it because there's grace in you. They're trying to point out the grace. It can be seen grace. Grace can be seen in you because you know that's human and that's supernatural. The grace of God in your life. What are people saying to you and what are they seeing in, in, in your own life? So in our church, we've got 20 houses that are taking young people. No church in Australia does that. Grace of God. Because I went to an apostle that his church did that and I was touched by his grace for three days, shaken by it and so on. And then I came back to my church and I released that. And God told me, he said, his course I put on the inside of you. Those three days, that's why you were just, he said, I just put on the inside of you. That's, when when was the last time you had a move of God? When was the last time you had a prophecy? When was the last time you touched and wept and cried? Grace is probably being imparted to you. Something's actually happening. It's all I had is all these young people coming to me and I wept and cried as young faces came to me. Because that was his grace, was generational and discipling and I got it. Jonathan David had given me the seed, but then I was searching out to develop the grace. How do I get this grace going more? So this apostle says, don't these members of his church come over? Tell the senior minister to come over. And at that word, I thought, okay, I'll come over. And I'm just, yeah, there and there, they're in the seminar and so on. And people come from all around America to learn about his course and so on. And I'm thinking, yeah, I could do this course. Yeah, be no problems. And God said, this is not a course. This is an impartation. This is grace. It's, it, you do the course, it will fail if you get the impartation. And so I immediately said, oh, forgive me, God. <clears throat> and immediately he released the grace of the course to me. And I looked like an idiot. I was just weeping and crying. They took me off to this room, John G. Lake's room, actually. And it sat me. So I think. And a few days later, he, he wanted to go out and have a meal with me then. Oh, why? Yeah, just wants to have a chat to me. And so on. Because he knew grace had touched me. Something had gone on. He said, Peter, I have people come and rob our course and just take it all the time. But you came with a different heart. He said, I, I said, I didn't start with that heart. I just also thought, oh, I can take this program too. God said, it's not a program. It's an impartation. It's grace. And so, and God said, it will never be able to be stopped. Because it's my grace. No one can stop this on the face of the earth. It will just keep growing. And it has, it's just, it can't. When God imparts something, it cannot be stopped. You know, they tried to stop him. You know, you start building those walls and we'll attack you. And you do this, we'll get you. You know, we'll be there to stop you. And so on. And so, and 52 lays. 52 days later, it's free. I loved it. And 100 years, they're in ruins. Can't be stopped. Nehemiah knew it. He says the joy of the Lord was his strength. So he'd go away after Sambalat and go, <laughs> Sambalat said, you ain't going to fail. You won't go. Because <laughs> the joy of the Lord was his strength. He just, he just, Sambalat just doesn't know that God's with me. Nehemiah said it many times to God. It's okay. God's hands upon me. God's favor's with me. We'll do this. That's what you've got to. What's the grace in your life? Are you taking steps with it? Are you training? Are you developing the sword of Gideon? Because the grace of God is the sword of God. It's powerful. It's un, it's limitless. It will just keep growing. Number six. Everyone is given grace according to our ability. 
So it's entrusted, he entrusts, this is this whole parable in uh, Matthew 25. He entrusts these three people with wealth, with grace, with gifting. He brings them up and he says, you're five talent, take five talents of gold. You're a two talent gift, take two. And you're a one talent, take one. According to their abilities. So if he'd given the five to the one, he couldn't have handled it. He gives it according to your abilities. All right, so, okay. And so this is where he says, this is what I want you to do. This is the grace I've given you. And so then we have the next one where they invest it. And uh, so the one who had five bags of gold, he gives another five bags of gold. And he says to them, well done, good and faithful servant. It's all written down there. You entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two, 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 two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. You'll be faithful with much. You've been faithful with five kids. Now you've got 50. You've been faithful with 50. Now you've got 500. You've been faithful with 500. Now you're going to speak to the whole nation. Bill, Bill Johnson, no, not Bill Johnson, Bill, someone else. Wilson, Bill Wilson was left on the street. His mother said, stay here. I'll come back. And he was 12 in New York. I'll come back. Just stay here. Never saw his mother again. Devastated. So compassion was released in him. Grace was released in him for ch children. So I think they've got 800 buses or 80 buses. I'm not too sure. They pick up thousands and thousands of kids. He's been shot a few times. His bus drivers have been shot a few times. Why do they drive those buses? Grace of God. Because what Bill carries, he imparts to them. And they're driving and picking up kids and kids are getting saved and transformed. That's the place where they say the Lord's Prayer, our grandmother who art in heaven. Because our father is the biggest, rottenest guy on the face of the earth and they can't say that. If God's like our father, forget it. So they say, our grandmother, oh, she's always, yeah, she always loves this kids. Great to God, everyone. Bill probably looked after a few kids. And he had a hall full of them. And now he just has buses full of them. And the hall constantly used and transformed. Grace of God. He could have stopped at a few kids. A lot of us stop. So I've got seven churches. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep leading. I'm going to keep growing. And it's, we're setting it all up. We'll keep planting and growing and so on. I don't know when it stops because it's the grace of God. Yeah. Gee, you're clever, Peter. No, God is. <laughs> I'll keep doing as much training as I can to grow myself and learn things and, and, and to be smarter and sharper in my Gideon sword, but it's his grace that makes it really boom. You've got to have the both. You can't go, I never study anything on children. I'm not interested in children. It's just God's grace. That's silly. Why would it say study the word and show yourself approved? Why even study the word? Just rely on God's grace. No, we should be studying the word. Okay, num number seven, it's our choice on how we use our grace. So then you have someone, it's, and so I knew that you were, this is the one who didn't invest his grace. I know you're a hard man, God. Harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. So we can actually block God off because we know God, oh, you know, you'll trip me up in leadership. You'll, you'll make me look silly one day. And I'm, No, I don't want to look after a connect group. I don't want to look after bleeding sheep. I don't want to look after problem people. And then, Pastor Tony, how come you don't use me? How come you don't give me a go in this house? How come you don't? And, so, and, you're, and you're, you're already refusing to take that step where God's trying to lead you. It's just you can't grow that. It's, you've got to go, okay, I'll look after them. Oh, I tell you, the connect groups we had, I didn't want to go out to them. I, was, I wasn't enjoying it. I was, I'd be on my knees in my study going, God, they hate me in there. I had rough people in there and looking after people. And God gave me the cave of Agilum people, depressed, rotten, nasty people. But I wouldn't give up. And God said, I'm going to release a grace in you to change them. He taught me how to deliver them. He taught me how to inner heal them. He taught me how to inspire them. He taught me how to discipline them. Because God's grace came. God's grace begins that when you take on a task, don't give it up. Let God's grace form and take over and begin to grow in your life. Number eight, grace comes through a prophecy. 
It can come through an impartation. It can come through a word of God right now that's speaking to you. It comes to us. It, there's an impartation, an encounter in our life that comes to our life. So this is where Paul is saying to uh, Timothy, don't forget the prophecies that have been made about you. Timothy, it says, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Guard what was imparted to you. Are you guarding what God has said about you? You're going to rise up and be a leader. I don't do any leadership courses. I don't do anything like that. And I say no to Pastor Tony all the time every time he asks me to assist a leader. I didn't start off a leader. I started off assisting leaders. And the grace of God to come upon my life. And that's where you've got to make that choice in, in your life. And then he goes on to say, do not neglect your gift. This is Paul telling Timothy which was given to you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid hands on you. Don't neglect that. What was prophesied over you yesterday? Don't neglect it. Whenever I come back here, Pastor Phil says, you know that what you prophesied, this has happened and that's happened and this is happening in my He takes it. He takes the grace that comes with it. Other people don't say boo to me or may have worked or may not have worked or you just thought, no, he doesn't know. He doesn't understand. I've been really hurt once. So the grace of God just so what do you do? I, I get, take that pos, pro, prophecy, I dig it in the ground, and I bury it. Yeah. And God comes back and hits the roof. You rotten servant. Why'd you do that? I gave you this grace. You wouldn't even use it. Tony struggled in the church in that area. The church never grew in that area because you just wouldn't use it. Because you kept saying, I was a hard man. I'm a loving, gracious king that gives you grace. So that's, but that's what we can do. We can shut it off. I've seen people with incredible grace and they just shut it down. Stay in your grace, everyone. Stay in that grace. Number nine, a father's job is to train his children up according to the grace. The spark that's in your children. If you don't develop the grace in your life, how are you going to develop the grace in your children? How are you going to bring that forth in their life? Abraham Lincoln said this, There is just one thing to bring up a child in the way of the Lord, uh, the way he should go, and that is to travel the way yourself. Learn to grow your own grace. Learn to, so God puts an innate grace in every child. He's got it in Harry. And I'm telling you, you've got to find out what's in Harry. Because I'm telling you, Harry will never leave God and become vibrant and, and just love life. But if you want him to be a carpenter and he wants to be a pilot and he just talks about aviation and talks about all of this and he just burns with it, but you say, go and get that hammer. You've got to find out what's in a child. You've got to find out what's in there. And it will be very close to you because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It'll be very close to you. Caleb's a pastor. Da -da, da -da. <laughs> Caleb said to me the other day, the, the, the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree, Dad. Hello. <laughs> it just, it's there. Reese sees Caleb and I and so he'll be drawn because the grace of God on us goes through a whole family, everyone. It affects everyone. Dad's a fire engine. Uh, and so, so the son wants to because that grace over Dad does come to you. But it may not be. So you've got to find out how God's made. The spark in a child is the most important thing in education. Find out that grace in your child. Don't make him like you. He might hate soccer and you want him to be a champion soccer player. I'm telling you, I'm looking for my granddaughters and my grandkids and so on. And I'm going to pick up one of them who's going to go for sport and I'll, I'll really add that grace. But they've got to have the passion. And if they don't, let them go and do ballet then. <laughs> oh, I'll go and... Ten, your assignment comes with the grace of God. There will be, there you will be told all what you've been assigned to do, Paul. The prophecies come from Ananias. You'll be told all what to do. This is your assignment, Paul. Did Paul have trouble? He just exploded. His grace was powerful. Just exploded. And then number 11, the apostolic grace message confirmed by signs and wonders. God will confirm that grace with signs and wonders. You'll be a miracle worker with children like Bill Wilson is. Or you'll be a miracle worker. It might be signs and wonders itself. Just praying for people's sickness. And so you continue to. And then you are training people to go out and pray for people. 
Bill Johnson's church you know, has 500 miracles a week. And they're all outside the walls. <laughs> so when a person comes in to meet Bill Johnson for him to pray for the person, they don't get to him. Because the janitor runs into them or the secretary because everyone prays for healing in that church. And the secretary prays and they get instantly healed. And he says, Bill, uh, they're not available anymore. They're going home now because they've been totally healed. Because everyone in his church must be full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost, grace. What's the grace operating in your life? Please, you've got to look at this, everyone. You've got to understand that grace. Jesus has released a grace and apostleship to make disciples. This is in this house. This house is about to move into making disciples more than ever before. It's going to grow in this house. It's an apostolic grace. And he put it on Paul. And Paul, when he went to Ephesus, made disciples. When he went to Antioch, made disciples. Samaria, made disciples. It's just, was he clever? No, it's just his grace. He couldn't help it. So wherever I go, I want to make disciples. Grace, everyone. Grace. So what's that grace? Sporting grace is in my life, and I should be out there tra tra training athletes. But church took me out of that. But I should have been in there and going out and so on. I do have a gym, and I run a gym, and so on. I'm, I'm looking to uh, bring that back into places again and connect up again. But I've lost a lot of ground because the church is, was against going out once. And my grace to train athletes, I've lost a lot of ground. But I'm trying to step back into it and encourage others and move there. I'm training some people right now. So just giving them some time. Because so, I want that grace to also operate. And so on. I can check out people's injuries. I know what's wrong. I can fix up injuries. All sorts of things. So I've got the grace. So I want to still stay in that and grow that at the same time. And it also opens up conversations with people. I'm always talking to people, this is how I train this person on a trail bike, this is how I train them for this sport, this is what I do. And I'm always, I, I love it. It's a good connecting place. What's your grace? What's your grace? Let's, let's take communion today. Uh, could could uh, the stewards just wait upon us? And as we take the bread today, let's all see as part of this next move in the church, this next grace release in the church. Let's all see as, as part of this next move. And as we take the wine that represents the blood today, please just feel free to give it out now. As you take the wine today, let it cleanse us of competitiveness, of, uh, of jealousies and so on. It's just, it's, you know, none of David's brothers, I think Pastor Phil said this the other day, became mighty men. None of his brothers did. It was over David's life. But they couldn't humble themselves and let the little brother tell them how to become a mighty warrior. They missed out on that grace. Competitiveness, jealousy. They, they just couldn't receive. My brothers in my movement that I was in couldn't receive what I carried. They attacked it and it was competitive and they reacted to it. Be, you've got to be very careful of this, everyone. Not to react. To, when grace starts to go forth, wow. Pastor Phil's really going somewhere. I'll, I'll look at uh, uh, Samuel and, and look at Daniel. They're really exploding. And, and, and Joe's breaking ground or whatever. Rejoice in it. Cheer it. You know, go, wow, that's fantastic. A charismatic says, oh, what about me? And, you know, God obviously doesn't care for me. Goodness me. We've got a, that grace that you have. You know, Emma, I really do believe God is giving you an incredible administration grace and structure. And it just comes naturally to you. And as you go into a company, Dave, you know, I'd love to hear more reports about her. But I really, it just hit me the other day as I was talking to you and praying, you're going to, you'll build structure and how, and policies and how it can build more and flow better and so on. It's just going to come upon you. And you love it. That's grace, everyone. Yeah. Now, you tell that to a phys ed jock like me. You want to get into administration? Oh, it's just not me. But you tell Emma, oh, Emma, come and train an athlete. She goes, oh, bleh. that's not her. Don't try and do something where your grace isn't there. But the minimum, I believe, the whole house should always be looking after sheep. That's your training ground. Because out there, this might be a shock to you, there's people. There's, there's people out there. Yeah. Uh, you just thought they were in the church, but there's actually people out there and they're a lot worse than the people in here. So you need skills to handle people and relate to people, train people, get them to follow administration pathways.
So just as we take communion today, we're all part of this, aren't we? Everyone that holds a bit of bread today, there is a certain assignment and grace given to you, function given to you. Every single person. Where's my little bit of bread? Where's my little bit? Where's mine? Where's oh, sorry. Try and be mature. Okay. That's, 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 mature. that's all right. I'm going to take Pastor Tony's. No, it's, uh, <laughs> that's right, hon. They'll give me a bit. Oh, honey, you've dribbled over it all. No, it's, uh, she's been chewing it. There, no, sorry. So can, can we all, all stand? We all stand. Now, come on, everyone. You've got that bread. We're going to look at the wine in a minute, but the bread. Just a little bit sweet. Yep, thank you. Hold it up. I'm part of the body. Jesus Christ left this earth and he left grace and power and enabling. Lord God, I acknowledge that as part of the body, I'm a member. I have a function. I have an assignment. I have a role. And it's not just a human thing. It's a supernatural heavenly impartation. I want you to believe this. It's by faith. It's, it says it all the time. By faith, God gave me grace. So therefore, no faith, you won't see the grace. You see the grace by faith, everyone. What's your gifting? Please don't stay in that same position. Please don't just hold back. Please don't just, oh, well, you know, I, I, I tried this and so on. I've tried and there's been battles, but I've stuck at what I feel my grace is and it keeps going up. I was a one bag of gold grace. And then I put that grace in action. And I found I had two bags of gold. Oh, wow. I can actually do this. Oh, I can plant a church. Oh, five bags of gold. I can lead a network. It's just, it's just, this grace just keeps unfolding. But I, it never starts off with five bags. <laughs> it just starts off, well, I'll give this kids' ministry a go. Oh, it really is booming. I might have a one bag hold of grace and God will come back and reward me because you've used your grace. You've used what I've given you. It says he goes on a journey. That, uh, he goes away, but he leaves gifts. How are you going to use them? He's coming back to say, what grace did you have? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't believe in grace. He'll hit the roof. The guy who dug the thing, in, he threw him into hell. He hit the roof. How dare you not use the gift that was given you life? I don't want to get up to heaven and find out all the gifts I didn't use. Because we all have a book written about us in heaven. And I'm not going to go through pages and go, that never happened. God says, no, you wouldn't let it happen. And all the chapters from this point on would stop because you stopped your grace. You had an incredible grace of leadership. The guy who, John Maxwell, who writes about leadership, what did his grandfather say to him? You are going to train leaders all around the world. Strangely enough. He took that word from his grandfather and writes leadership books and trains them all around the world. He could have gone, oh, granddad's just an old fuddy-duddy and oh, leaders are sure. But he didn't. Our grandfather's grace and faith and... You know, these kids, they wanted, um, um, not Esau, but Jacob wanted what his father was going to say because there's grace going to come out of it. What Isaac says over me, it will all happen and it will happen with ease. It won't be a hard life because whatever the words from heaven say, grace comes with it. It's going to work. Lord, we come before you right now. And Lord God, we just uh, eat of this bread together and we are part of the body. And Lord, reveal your grace to me like never before. Lord, help me to take it from one talent to two talents to five talents. Help me to grow that grace. I'm part of the body. Father God, as the plane that's been in the heavenly realms and been prophesying and, and ministering out in the heavenly realms, it comes down to land, Lord. There's going to be a release of great grace upon this house. And Lord, we want to receive this great grace upon this house. Father God, we want to move to certain dimensions of those grace. Reveal it to us. Open it up. Uh, we, uh, that we're going to love doing it. Everyone, God wants you to love Christianity, that the joy of the Lord of doing what He's called you to do, and doors keep opening up, lives keep getting changed, signs and wonders gather around that grace. We thank you for that, Lord, right now. We take the cup, remove jealousies, remove competitiveness, 
Father God, remove. Oh, well, I wanted to do that. And how come he? I'm telling you, there's so many people in front of me. But it makes no difference. Because God has, Peter, I've got a pathway for you that no one else can get on that pathway. So, Lord, we ask, cleanse us. Wash us clean of judgments, of reactions. Father God, forgive us for burying it. Father God, where we've buried prophecies or put them on shelves, so to speak, yet they carry grace. Lord, let me get those prophecies out. Let me stir myself about those prophecies. Let me, uh, I need that as Paul stirred Timothy up. Right now, cleanse us, Lord God. Forgive us for not operating in our grace. Forgive us for coveting someone else's grace here, Lord God. I want this grace. I want to be the leader. I want to be whatever it is. Lord, forgive me right now. Cleanse me, Lord God. Father God, that when you move in your grace, no one else can move in it. And God will keep extending it and growing it as you stay in that grace. Oh, Father God, just cleanse us now. Let's drink together. Cleanse us. Wash us. Purify us. Holy God. Holy people. We'll be a holy people. A royal priesthood. A people belonging to God. We, we know where we're going. We know our assignments. We know what we are to do. Father God, as people emerge in their graces, let us cheer them on. Let us affirm them. Let us say, could you lay hands on me? Someone might have great grace to just create wealth. Someone to create businesses. Someone create children's ministry. Someone generational vision. Someone in administrations and structures and so on. Let this grace be released across this house, Lord God. Father God, as the plane lands, Lord God, you know, as uh, Phil in the co-pilot there and, and Paul there and they're in the cabin and they're bringing it to the ground and let uh, many leaders be released, Lord God. Many people of graces be released. Let us not worry about the specks in their eyes, the little problems in their life. We believe, Lord God, as the grace grows, so the problems will be cleansed. If you're moving your grace, as I move in my grace, I get cleansed more and more and more. I get purified and prepared by God to handle the next level of grace. Father God, we lift our hands before you, Lord God. Father God, whatever bag of gold you've given us, whatever grace you've given us in our life, Lord God, help us to develop it and grow it. Father God, also to uh, do courses that develop that grace and give greater understanding. If it's children, get along to a children's conference. Get Pastor Tony, show us what we can do to grow the grace with children. Get along to a worship conference. Whatever it is, if it's prophetic, get along to a prophetic conference. Some of you have gone, are going to go through the roof from the School of Prophets here because it's your grace. Some of you, yes, it will help and grow you, but some of it will get even stronger in you. Some of you will take School of Prophets in other nations, in other places, because it so affects you and you so know it's you. But Father, this, this is where we've got to understand this in our life. Don't criticize a School of Prophets, but it might not be your grace, but it will equip you. But don't pull it down. Don't pull things down. Wow, that person's exploded from the school of prophets. I did. But some of us don't. But they explode from other type of conferences. Other type of when they come under the mantle. Father, we lift our hands before you. 